Welcome to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. This is Diane Estabrook, staff writer for McKnight's Home Care Daily. The battle for talent in home care and hospice heated up during the COVID-19 pandemic. Demand for home care exploded at a time when the virus was sidelining many caregivers. Stephanie Johnston's firm, Transcend Strategy Group, has been helping providers recruit and retain staff. In this Newsmakers podcast, Johnston talks about strategies large and small firms can use to attract and retain talent. She started off our conversation with some good news. Some caregivers who left home care during the pandemic are now returning to the industry. We are seeing some change in the dynamic of the recruitment landscape as we get uh, past the pandemic, as we get into a space where people who moved into acute care settings have been in those new roles for a bit and are um, finding some of the same frustrations that maybe they experienced in other aspects of their career and beginning to wonder if they made the right choice. We're also seeing sort of a flight back to home care for folks that uh, left home care for facility-based care, especially for hospital settings. We're starting to see that there's the realization that the money's great and all, but the job satisfaction, it isn't necessarily there yet because organizations still have a lot of work to do on the experience of being an employee in these organizations. They have a lot of work to do on the tools and processes, as our research shows, that supports the employee experience. And those are tools, those are those are solutions that home care providers are better able to address, not necessarily because of the size and scale of their organizations, but because they're in tune with their employee base and the infrastructure and their approach for how they serve the market allows them to be better in tune with the employees' needs and, and, and better able to address them when they when they take the time and, and make the space and the effort to do so. Uh, so I do think it's exciting that people are going to be coming back into the home space. I still, you know, the, the data is very clear that the battle for great talent will continue because the number of home care, um, number of caregivers overall is not sufficient to meet the need or the demand for the foreseeable future. So the the battle will still rage on, but it is exciting that we're coming back to a space where the the playing field feels more level than it has been. You said that these companies do a lot better job than other employers in, you know, attracting people and, and having processes in place. But what would you say right now is the single biggest mistake that home care firms make when it comes to recruiting? Great question. The single biggest mistake organizations make when it comes to recruiting is relying exclusively or heavily on Indeed as the platform to engage with the recruited audience. Not only is Indeed a highly competitive landscape for talent, but it allows for so little differentiation. The differentiation for employers then comes down to simple metrics like salary. And for a lot of home care organizations, they can't compete with large organizations when it comes to salary. Our advice to organizations is indeed definitely has a place as a in the mix of recruiting for great talent. But best in class are organizations that are using social media to identify people before they're ready to make a change, when they're thinking about exploring their options, when they're experiencing those work time frustrations, and then providing a fantastic user experience that helps them go from from idea to application to engagement to onboarding, et cetera. So talk a little bit about social media. Uh, Expand on that, if you will. Um, Is this going through Facebook? Is it going through LinkedIn? Is it 
TikTok videos? And what is it? Great question. And the platforms for engaging with potential employees um, are, are more plentiful than ever. And there isn't a single platform that is necessarily right for the entire employee landscape to recruit with. There's a lot of great data that's available now that helps providers in their particular markets identify the platforms on which the majority of their target audience exists. But a trend that we've been seeing in the data as we study it over the past several months and years has been some non-traditional, unanticipated platforms that are paying really great rewards for people as they seek talent. A great example of this is Pinterest of all places. Um, the target audience of, uh, of employees that we're talking about actually spend a lot of time in some markets on Pinterest. Pinterest is a great resource for information on lifestyle choices that people want to make, on um, experiences and fashion and food and all these great resources. It's also a great way to um, to reach audiences that might be looking for an escape from their day job. Pinterest can be a great escape place. Uh, but again, I want to make it clear, this is not a panacea. This is not a perfect platform for reaching your target audience. But it's an example of one that as we look at data in some key markets, we see is, is a, a real surprise to people as a powerful platform to connect with audiences. Uh, but there are a variety of more than ever tools that providers can use to connect with their audience through social media. Um, and our advice is to get curious about the data associated with your market, with your audience, with your demographic profiles, and get to know where they live, what they value, where they live online, what they value, um, because there's great insight on what they value beyond compensation that comes through in data, and what values motivate and drive their behaviors. This data also can inform, like I said, platforms, and platforms like Pinterest, platforms like YouTube, um, video ads, preceding YouTube videos are great ways to connect with audiences that that are often um, uh, not seen. Kind of like real estate, <laughs> home care yes. firms, and home and health, home yes. health agencies are are local. And I yes. talked a few months ago to a provider out east who was saying that he was very active, going to church functions and going to concerts and setting up a table. Should home health companies and home care firms and hospices be doing that kind of thing as well to recruit? Or are there other things that they could do in the community? I love the reemergence of the analog engagement platform. It's so exciting um, that when organizations have great success doing postcard mailers or when they set up at uh, community events, it's really exciting to see because the data is also clear about the power of connection, how important connection is to people these days. We were so se separated from our communities during the pandemic, and this is such a fantastic moment and opportunity to re-engage. Um, and, and and those kind of analog traditional in, uh, engagement platforms um, that requires getting curious and open to your community. Don't just show up and buy a table and put a banner up and expect people to show up and start talking to you. Think about how you can start conversations with people where they are in your community about what you have to offer. What's your value proposition that's different than everybody else in your community that's looking to hire right now? What can somebody expect to benefit from? Um, and I'm not talking 
working in, in HR classic benefits. Um, how are you going to help people feel connected to their higher purpose? How are you going to enable them on their path to growth? Whatever that path of growth looks like for them, whether that's skill building, whether that's reducing the frustration and the, the chaos and the churn in their work life. Um, uh, how are you going to help them on, on that path and connect with them in authentic ways to have conversation? One of the organizations that we work with had a lot of success leveraging their advertising that was focused on patient acquisition toward a recruitment audience, toward an audience to say, this is who we are, and this is what we value in our employee audience, uh, and saw a significant uptick in applications because they were starting a conversation with the organ with the audience through platforms like Facebook groups about their advertising that was targeting actually another market, but using this to say, this is who we are, and this is why we're different. Um, so we're big fans of starting conversations with people and continuing those conversations because because it's that gap in the conversation. It's that gap in the conversation, whether that's with a recruitment audience, whether that's with your existing employee audience that you're looking to retain, or whether that's with patients and families that you're looking to serve. It's the gap in the conversation that really uh, that really kills the dynamic. Ongoing conversation, the organizations that have had ongoing conversation, dynamic conversation, experienced less employee loss, and less um, uh, uh, census and, and volume loss during the pandemic than um, organizations that were more episodic or situational in their communications. We've heard a lot during the pandemic that home care in particular has been losing a lot of people. And you alluded to this earlier to, you know, the targets of the world and the Amazons. But are there niches that companies, home care companies could be targeting? And I'm thinking in terms of like maybe people who work in hospitality or maybe people who work in customer service. Can you pinpoint those audiences and go after them? And, and is that something that you should be doing? I think there are some demographics and some industries where purpose matters that has not yet been aligned with people. Um, I think about people who are retirees in their career and looking, um, not yet ready to hang up the, the, the career spurs just yet, looking for something that's going to add purpose and meaning to their life. Um, I do think there are folks that are in hospitality, but hospitality, um, uh, the, the power of community in the hospitality space is what keeps people coming back into the hospitality space. So you need to echo um, and demonstrate if you're going to go after a niche audience like hospitality, you need to demonstrate how you're going to put them in community with other people um, and, and amplify that kind of messaging. In the, in, the, in the retiree space, it's about, you know, continued value to the community, connecting with your purpose and what you really want to do in this stage, in this chapter in your career. I think there are a lot of people that are interested in, um, in having meaning and impact right now. We see that in the data for sure. It's not a think, it's a no that we see this in the, in the data. And there are some niches um, within within certain segments of the industry that are that are feeling unfulfilled and are um, are seeking that higher purpose. You mentioned retail. This is a season as we go into the holiday season here when retail starts to experience the burnout. And retail can be a great sector to offer respite, offer a refuge to of um, of meaning and purpose and connection instead of having to deal with, you know, thousands of people coming into your store on a daily basis. 
spend some time in meaningful connection with people who will really value you. Um, and, and, and these audiences are powerful, but again, we think it's most important that you lead with your unique differentiated purpose and then meaningfully and powerfully connect that to the audiences in your community in both digital and analog means and then deliver experiences as they come into your organization um, and as they move through your organizational life cycle that are just um, that are meaning that pay off that differentiation at every turn pay off your value proposition and and one area that I think is often neglected in that employee life cycle and how do we retain the employees that we recruit is the importance of mid-level leaders within an organization a lot of training conversations focus on senior leadership or frontline field leadership and those are two areas for sure that need continued investment and development that training provides but the research is very clear that mid-level leaders are the most critical leadership wrong in building a sustainable organization and um, your ability to retain the new employees that you're going that you're bringing into the organization will be defined by process and people the two com the combination of the two the processes that that they are interacting with on a daily basis Basis and the people that they interact with on a daily basis. And the most important person in that mix is often that mid-level leader within an organization, the supervisor level leader within an organization. Right, because they're the people that are overseeing that staff and that could be the person that's keeping them on board or, or yeah. you know, <laughs> propelling them out the door. And, and, and right. I'm, I'm guessing that companies, they or home care agencies and healthcare agencies, you know, they're so focused right now in getting bodies into the building because they need staff so desperately that that they're, it's also important to keep in mind that purpose once you get them there and they're there beyond, you know, 60 or 90 days. Right. And, and that's where those leaders were often really great at their job of providing care. And they were often really well connected and likable within their team. But we don't um, train people in leadership. If you think about um, the wider world and the career experiences, where do people actually get training in leadership? Where do they get training in problem solving? Where do they get tra training in dealing with difficult people? They don't. Um, and and that is the area in human dynamic and team dynamic that breaks down and, and, and erodes a culture is our ability to problem solve, our ability to, to deal with difficult situations. Um, and, and those elements we see in, at play in our culture uh, across the board, when we pour into our people and develop them to, to, to have difficult conversations, develop them to solve problems, we make them better leaders and better in community with each other. You talked a little bit earlier about compensation, that it isn't all about compensation. And we've been hearing a lot um, recently. Many of these agencies have gotten ARPA funds and they've been giving increased wages to their their workers. And they've also been giving them signing bonuses or one-time bonuses. Um, how, how, aside from the wages, we talked about, you talked about that a little bit. Do these signing bonuses work? Are they effective? Great question. Um, I've been on a I've been on a bit of a tirade on this about the past couple of years because signing bonuses are are the sign on the door. Uh, they get somebody to come in, but they don't make people want to stay. Uh, so the the challenge is we put all this effort on the 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 front of the door 
on making our front of our door look as attractive as possible and not enough effort on what happens when they come through the door, not enough focus and attention on what happens when they come through the door. We think about onboarding. We think about onboarding in terms of how do we get them to work as quickly as possible um, so that they can relieve the stress and strain on the existing staff and so that they can be, you know, um, generating revenue for the organization. And that's not a, a bad intention by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that we disconnect between the real meaning of the value the, of why they're here. This is why we see people leaving health systems and hospitals right now is they, they came in for the money and they're leaving because of the lack of experience. They're leaving for the experience that they're having that is um, not uh, the, the reason why they got into healthcare to begin with. Um, the, we see the same corollary when we look at um, large employers like Amazon. Um, Amazon churns through a high volume of people because they have the front door with all this, this great signing bonuses, these great hourly wages. When people actually get into the experience of being an employee, it might not deliver on that. And that's why they experience so much churn and constantly need to be recruiting. But when organizations focus on prioritizing, understanding where the power is and where the, where the value is in their organization and amplifying that value, they can reduce their cost to acquire, they can reduce their turnover, um, and they can improve financial performance for their organizations. Um, it just requires taking a little bit of a long range view and, and you might have to put a little bit of time, a little bit more effort, a little bit more money into the front end of it, but the back end value um, is, is really what organizations need to be thinking about right now. This challenge is not going away. So how do you optimize and re-engineer for the future so that you can meet the competitive challenges of five, seven, 10 years from now um, and uh, it, while you're trying to meet the pain of today, and I completely understand and empathize, I've got a lot of family members in the industry, uh, completely understand and empathize with, you know, I would love to think about these bigger strategic challenges, but I've got a high call-off rate and a high um, unfill rate. Uh, I, I would love to address that. When do I start? Um, I need to fix this first. And those problems go hand in glove. It is a bit of a chicken and the egg. You, won't, you can't really solve one until you solve the other. Another thing that we're hearing a lot about, um, not only caregivers, but people in many, many industries are looking for flexibility in their schedules. Um, and at a time right now when a lot of these agencies have a shortage of caregivers, can an, uh, an agency offer flexibility to their caregivers, yet at the same time still meet the needs of their clients? It's a great question, Diane. And, and I, I think flexibility has long been the core differentiator, core value proposition for the industry. And what today's workforce needs us to do is to expand our value proposition. And for some people, flexibility will continue to be a key attribute. And they're going to want, how can you give me 10 hours or 20 hours um, a week? For other people, um, there are other value propositions. I want to learn. I'm earlier in my career. I want more hands-on experience. I can provide one-to-one -one patient care in the home. I will get more experiences than I would necessarily in a in a hospital where um, there's multiple people on the shift with me, um, where I have a nursing supervisor who maybe I don't have the greatest relationship with, or I've got a doctor looking over my shoulder. And I don't mean to be critical. Again, I have a lot of family working in the industry. I don't mean to be critical in hospitals or health systems, but there is a larger value proposition here for home care that we have to better understand our workforce so that we can nuance that. To the research, 
our in our research, pay consistently is the number one reason why people say that they look for a new job. And that we always tell folks that is um when we ask people about the reason why they're looking for a job, we include pay in one of the answers, it's always going to be the number one answer. We encourage people to say that the real innovation, the real creativity exists in answers two, three, and four within that list set. And that's where topics like process and tools, that's where topics like engagement with their supervisor and their colleagues, um, that's where development, those kinds of challenges lie. So by understanding your workforce, you'll know, okay, for 20 25% or 40% of our population, our workforce, this concept of flexibility is really important. But there's this, this component of the workforce here that's earlier in their career and is looking for growth and development and training. How can we orchestrate a job, a career path? How can we orchestrate and position our jobs to better meet that audience's needs? Again, it comes back to data and understanding the market. But there's organizations having tremendous amount of success, not just bifurcating, but, but thinking about their workforce in multiple ways and how they can position their jobs that they have to meet the interests of their local employee base. A lot of industries and, and home care is no different. Um, look to their employees to try to recruit. You know, do you know somebody? Is that an effective way to find good talent is through the people that you have? Or does that put an unnecessary burden on those employees? It is the most effective way to find people who will stay the longest time, historically, historically. But we do have employees at this stage in um, in, in the pandemic, post-pandemic life who have I have scraped every aspect of my network and uh, I, I cannot turn up anybody else stop asking me. And can you first, before I bring anybody else into this, can you fix this one problem that I've been nagging you about for five years? Um, that's what an employee hears when they when they hear somebody ask for, you know, do you know anybody in your network? So I think before we ask our team members for referrals, before we ask our team members for feedback, let's first fix as best as we we can the challenges that they've already raised to us that they need our help solving and remove as many of those roadblocks as we can. I also think that means we need to have honest conversation and discussion about the roadblocks that we cannot remove on our own, but how we're working, whether that's across the industry through association membership or with our referral partners to address. Um, people are grownups. They want to know that you are, you are doing what you can. Don't bury your head in the sand on things that you're um, not necessarily able to dress, but be honest about what you are working on, what you're trying to make progress on. Um, and then when I see you behave in that way, I will be so much more inclined to go back to my network again and mind my network. And what a great time for that when our networks are coming out of uh, those pandemic stage job changes they made for the signing bonuses and for other perceived opportunities this is a great time to be fixing those small um, challenges in your organization because your employee base is going to be more inclined um, to speak favorably about what it's like to work in your organization. Stephanie Johnston, Transcend Strategy Group. All great points. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Diane. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Home Care Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in home care news, visit McKnight'sHomeCare.com. Home